I think it's going to be weird and great. He gets beat up by a meth addict with a baseball bat because it's Portland. Wait a minute. You're dead. You'll be dead for 30 years. So, any hoozles, this is the second installment of the Boo Ha Ha Halloween Spooktacular Stravaganza. Couldn't you just do that with like an effects box? Oh no, I'm gonna after after the effect. yeah, but I, it helps yeah. if I also lay a little bit on it now. Boo ha ha Halloween spooktacular extravaganza! Oh, you laid a lot on it. Yes, I mean you flopped it down. Mm, spooky, hard. flopped hard. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting into fifties doo wop. Do spook, do spook, do spook, do spook. So. In keeping with your last appearance on this podcast, I have to thank you because you are kind of the inspiration for the Campfire Spooktacky Stravaganza. Because the last one we did, we were talking about scary stories to tell in the dark, which skews towards that kind of spooky folklore tale. Oh, sure. That that's like the seeds of all of all those stories. Yeah, and so it only seemed appropriate uh, now that we're having you back for the. Boo ha ha Halloween spooktacky extravaganza that we should continue on with the, some spook- boo ha Halloween. Boo ha Halloween spooktacky extravaganza. Boo ha Halloween campfire mm-hmm. spooktacky extravaganza. That we should continue with spooky. Yeah, so you had that written down, but you had to burn it to start the. <laughs> I need kindling. But now that you're back for the Booha Halloween Campfire Spooktacky Stravaganza, it only seems, I'm never going to forget it now, <laughs> it only seems fitting that we should continue with spooky campfire tales from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yeah, fuck it, let's do it. So we are we are dipping back into the rich well that Alvin Schwartz dug for children to be terrified of. And as we read each page, we're going to rip it out, ball it up, and burn. You should actually... Uh, you twist, you twist it if you want to get a slower burn. You, you twist the paper. You don't crumple a newspaper up. You twist it, twist it lengthwise. Just simulate kindling. That's where you get it gone. Well, it depends what you're doing with your kindling. Because if you're using pine kindling, you want a handful of bald paper to get a very fast flame real quick and hot to get the pine going. I'm trying to heat up the flu. Huh. Yeah. Well, it looks like you're wanking your crank. And it burns fast, but hot. We usually do like a nested system where we start we start with the paper and then we get all the other bushy twitty thing. And then and then above that. Anyway, we don't need to talk about Kindling. Like, yeah. Um that's that's a different podcast. REI sponsored. <laughs> What's in your backpack? REI. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, tequila. <laughs> Use that to start the fire. You're going to burn down the woods. Oh, no. So I've picked out some spooky tales from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, and specifically the campfiriest, or the ones that I have inferred to be the campfiriest. So without further ado, I'm going to give you a list. We have the cat's paw. Okay, I'm going to assume that's a monkey's paw variation. Oh, you'd think that. I, I do think that. You'd be wrong. Ooh. Sam's new pet, cold as clay, 
the white satin evening gown, high beams, and the babysitter. Some of these may be recognizable to you because they are very in the public consciousness. Yeah, I'm pretty sure high beams is just that email we all have to pass around. So I'm going to pass that one up. Let's go cool as clay. I'm hoping ah. it's a golem story. Oh, cool as clay. Oh, no. Oh, you're bleeding on the book. I am. Oh, isn't that how the book got spooked in the movie? It had to take a little sacrifice of blood. Oh, no. Oh. Whoops. Yeah. If I hang out with you, I'm going to die now. Whoops. I uh, sliced into my finger while I was cutting something yesterday. Those knives from Fubon. Oh, yeah. Are great. Cold as clay. A farmer had a daughter for whom he cared more than anything on earth. She oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I do not care for where this is going at all. Oh, no. His name was Donald Trump. Um, Donald Trump wants to fuck his daughter. This ends in the barn. Everything ends in the barn. <laughs> a farmer had a daughter for whom he cared more than anything on earth. She fell in love with a farmhand named Jim, but the farmer did not think that Jim was good enough for his daughter. To keep them apart, he sent her to live with her uncle on the other side of the county. Long story short, Dread Pirate Roberts. Kinda. We're close. Soon after she left, Jim got sick, and he wasted away and died. Oh. Everyone said that he died of a broken heart. Now the farmer felt so guilty about Jim's death he couldn't bear to tell his daughter what happened. She continued to think about Jim and the life they might have together. One night, many weeks later, there was a knock on her uncle's door. When the girl opened the door, Jim was standing there. He said, your father asked me to come get you. I came on his best horse. Is there anything wrong? She asked. I don't know, he said. So she packed a few things and they left. She rode behind him, clinging to his waist. Soon he complained of a headache. Oh, it aches something terrible, he told her. She put her hand on his forehead. Did he eat her uncle? I bet he ate her uncle. <laughs> I assume that's a question you just ask most days. Did he eat her uncle? Probably ate her uncle. She put her hand on his forehead. Why, you're as cold as clay. I hope you're not ill. Oh. Hmm. Got, uh, got some bad news for you. See, she's the innocent in this story. Yeah, she's on... She, I, I still don't like where this is going. Gets kidnapped. Now she's on a corpse horse. Corpse. Of course. <laughs> of corpse. Um, so she wrapped her handkerchief around his head. I don't think that's going to do much. It's really. Well, it, 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 we're starting to slide over into Pirate Roberts territory. <laughs> Yark. <laughs> Give me yonder kerchief. As you wish. They traveled so swiftly that in a few hours they had reached the farm. The girl quickly dismounted and knocked on the door. Her father was startled to see her. Didn't you send for me, she asked. No, I, no, I didn't, he said. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I never. Her father was a horse. She turned to Jim, but he was gone, and so was the horse. They went to the stable to look for them. The horse was there, but it was covered in sweat and trembling with fear. There was no sign of Jim. 
Terrified, her father told her the truth about Jim's death. They quickly went to see Jim's parents. They decided to open his grave. The corpse was there in its coffin, but around its head, they found the girl's handkerchief. End of story. So does he get to keep the handkerchief? If you take it back, do you launder? It's on a corpse. You leave it there. Mm. I mean, he's been dead for a while, I assume, and this is probably pre-embalming. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They, they make it sound so easy to open the casket. And it's like, oh, you know, like, well, we decided to open it. I mean, that's like four hours of digging, probably. There was so little to do in the past. Well, that's true. Yeah. Oh, speaking of horror movies, we were watching, we watched that Hagasaya uh, um, movie the other Dan day. Dan Haggerty? Yeah. <laughs> we watched Grizzly Adams. We'll come back to yeah. this in the third segment, which I assume will also be about movies because we don't have any spooky ghost stories to yeah. tell. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I was just going to say, uh, because in that film, it did seem pretty fucking boring. What did you do back then? Eat mushrooms and kill a baby. Or ride ghost horse. I would imagine the idea of exhuming a body would probably be a lovely way to break the monotony. I imagine if you're living on a farm in the present, <laughs> at least we have Netflix now. Yes. Yep. And they probably have sisters. Moving on. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that was that was a shorty. Yeah, we're I think we're gonna call that a mulligan, and I'll give you another one. Yeah, um, I just yeah, it, it, I I felt like we knew where that was going. Ultimately, uh, I think one of the downsides we occasionally run into with spooky stories of this category is that they are so thoroughly ingrained in the public consciousness or in you know the collective awareness that. Uh, they're not terribly interesting. Yeah, well, I think the the what really stood out to me is the fact there really wasn't a victim, even though I was very worried for this poor young lady throughout the story when it ended and no one additionally died, just somebody got sick. What do you think? Like everybody gets sick. Yeah. What? What? It's the past, so it's it's that's. Yeah. Just read what me happens. a story about the bubonic plague. No, no, thanks. There is a troubling lack of wrap up because like girl gets to her dad's house the dad's like oh Jim, no he's been dead cut to digging up a body oh he has your bandana i guess you rode on a corpse horse dude greatest april fools <laughs> ever are you saying that like they well they're breaking up the monotony of living on the farm they dig up the casket okay i'll distract her you put the bandana on him <laughs> like <laughs> They waited till a night that she had one of her mini 12 bandanas with her. That's the thing. If you know what her bandana looks like, you could just get another bandana and put it on a corpse. God, it has been so boring on the farm lately. We got nothing to do. Well, should we uh, fool Victoria into thinking that she's haunted? Let's spook her. <laughs> Always walking around, being in love. Having a bandana. If she's in love, she's going to get married and leave. Then who milks the cows? Jim's dead now, so I guess nobody. What if we kill her uncle? Let's kill all of them. I'm very bored on this farm. <laughs> Wonder what a person tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> See, and this is what happens when the story doesn't have a proper victim. Uh, yeah, you need you need something to happen. I'm remember when I was on before and we read a story about a scarecrow wearing a human skin and dancing on the roof. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of story I want. That's what you want. Yeah. You want roof horse ghost scarecrow. <laughs> yeah, he was galloping around. That's right. Uh, I think this story it it follows that pattern of person interacts with ghost doesn't know that they're a ghost and then ghost does something with their clothes and then ghosts on them yeah that's the one later yeah they go it always ends with a ghosting like there is the variation of the story where the guy gives a woman a ride right had burned down decades before but same thing similar vibe um so there's okay. only so many ghosts. This is thirteen, I hear. Uh, thirteen ghosts of Mars, isn't that a thing? Wasn't that John Carpenter? Ghosts of Mars. I, yeah. There's thirteen, 13 ghosts, of of Mars. ghosts of Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Thirteen ghosts of Mars attacks of the fifty foot woman. Welcome to Doug Loves <laughs> Movies. I'm having a stroke. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna Ooh-ha, Halloween <laughs> campfire spooktacular extravaganza. Uh, okay. He has it tattooed on his back now. It's right above the swastika. Uh, (laughs) So I'm going to edit that out. I'm just picturing prison Avalon now. Hi, I'm the librarian. I'm pushing the cart around. (laughs) Got Schlesinger for you again. I I feel like my survival in prison would be dependent on my ability to convince the other inmates that I really can make Pruno. Artisanal. It's a valuable skill. So, okay, I think that story was not good. It had potential. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it two out of five kerchiefs on corpses. Well, I'm going to give it one out of five drops of sweat on the back of a frightened horse. I was bored. Cut back to that horse. <laughs> so that's what I was saying, the lack of wrap-up in this story. Now we've got a traumatized daughter who was hugging a corpse. And that poor horse who's like, there was a ghost on me. What the fuck just happened? He's the only one who really understood what was happening the entire time. Ah, stupid human. They they even said in the story they rode so swiftly that they were there in a couple hours. And I'm just picturing the terror in the horse's eyes like, no, 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 no. It's so cold. Gotta get home, gotta get home. Uh, I miss oats. Uh, okay, then let's let's call that a mulligan, shall we? And I'll I'll give you another one sure. to choose from. To reiterate the choices, we have uh, on those choices, are you familiar with what these are? Yes. You've read them? Yep. Okay. So maybe we can edit the list down to the ones that end with more, I don't know, monsters wearing human skin. Uh, that's not the way this works, buddy. Shit. <laughs> I think, well, let me see. There's, There were a couple that were like, I feel like in the public consciousness, but they weren't quite so campfire um, I'm adding, I'm adding one. I'm adding one to the pile, which we'll get to eventually. Um, okay, so 
I think I think I think the other ones in here are oh, they're campfirey. Okay. So to reiterate, we have the cat's paw, Sam's new pet, the white satin evening gown, high beams, the babysitter, and one that I forgot before, such things happen. Well, as interested as I am in Sam's pet, because that sounds like a good setup for a good monster, and I like those monsters, I like it when a forgotten story finds its way back into the consciousness. All right. A, a forgotten fantasy, if you, if you might. I won't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that's it. Let's do it. Cool. What's such, it called again? Such things happen. Mm. Ooh. Occurrences. Ooh. At Owl Creek Bridge. Is that in Madison County? Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. It's a great episode of The Twilight Zone. Sad. Yeah. It's a real bummer. Such things happen. And I will give a little bit of a caveat. This one is slightly less of a traditional campfire story, but it feels like a spooky folk tale. And it's one of the ones that scared the shit out of me as a kid. So does that mean we're by the fireplace now? We've gone inside, yes. <laughs> oh, boy. I've washed up. I'm comfortable. You're pouring turpentine on your sappy feet. Indeed. I've got a, a nice mug of, of grog. Just, you're, just pictured you. Big old plate of grist. You're, ew, gross. Grog and grist as a meal. That's Is that a restaurant or is that like no, a cool that's bar? That's actually a liquor store I used to work at in Lake Tahoe. Oh, that's a good name. Grog and Grist. Yeah, it was fantastic. It yeah. was a little deli. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Turned yeah. into a pizza joint. Made no sense because no one wants to get pizza at a place called The Grist. No. <laughs> Such things happen. When Bill Nelson's cow stopped giving milk, he called the vet. Well, there's nothing wrong with that cow, the vet said. She's just stubborn. Such things may happen. <laughs> it's just like a big Bartleby. It's the chorus of this story. Such, Such things, things may, may happen. happen. She's just stubborn. I mean, that or some witch got hold of her. <laughs> There's a witch? Bill and the vet both laughed. <laughs> well, that old hag, Addie Fitch, I guess she's the closest thing we've got to a witch around here. Oh, things aren't looking good for her already. But... <laughs> Witches have gone out of style, haven't they? The vet said. I don't know. We've run out of kindling. <laughs> Bill had had a run in with Addie Fitch the month before. He'd hit her cat with his car and killed it. Really sorry, Addie, I told her. I'll get you a new cat. Just as pretty, just as good. Her eyes filled with hate. I raised that cat from a kitten, she hissed. I loved her. You'll be sorry for this, Bill Nelson. Bill sent her a new cat and heard nothing more. How, how does one send a new cat? Just put it in a box. Put it in the mail. <laughs> you never mailed a cat? <laughs> you just put it in a box. So Bill mailed her a dead cat in the hopes that that would <laughs> alleviate the pain. Uh, Go on. Here's a corpse cat to remind you of your other cat, which is also a corpse. This one came pre-dead. Did all the work for you. <laughs> You don't even have to kill this one. Or feed it. Saving uh, you money. Then, his cow stopped giving milk. And next, his old truck broke down. After that, his wife fell and broke her arm. 
Oh, see again. Uh, that she she's just that's collateral damage. She she didn't do anything wrong. Why is she breaking an arm? Are are you saying that witchcraft is fair? It should be. <laughs> There, there should be proper magical equity. Take it up with the Sabbath Council. I don't know what I don't know what to tell you here. <laughs> Wait, she's just not playing by fair rules. Then take it to witch court. We're having a lot of bad luck. He thought, and then he thought, well, maybe it's Addie Fitch getting even. And then you don't believe in witches. <laughs> You're just upset. Is he telling himself that or yeah, to Addie? It's it's not clear, but Bill's like, yeah, he's like, hey, witch, I don't believe in you. Stop it. <laughs> Makes it sound like I have no faith in you, witch. Prove me wrong. <laughs> I find that the best way to avoid being witched is to taunt a witch. Other than kill her cat, of course. That's the best way. <laughs> Start building campfires in their lawn. <laughs> Just want to remind you what we do. We're coming. At a kindling. So he, he reminds himself that he doesn't believe in witches. But Bill's grandpa believed in witches. He once told him there's only one way, one sure way to stop a witch from causing trouble. Fire. And lots of it. Burn them down. You find a black walnut tree and you draw her picture on it. Then you mark an X where her heart is. And you drive a nail into the axe. And every day, you drive it a little deeper. Drive a nail into the axe. I like it. Mm-hmm. If she's causing the trouble, he said, she'll feel pain. And when she can't stand it anymore, she'll come to you or send somebody and try to borrow something. If you give her what she wants, that breaks the power of the nail. And she'll go on tormenting you. But if you don't, she'll have to stop. Or the pain will kill her. That's what his nice, gentle old grandpa believed. <laughs> <laughs> I I have never heard of this. This is great. We're learning things. This is. But what if you're a bad artist? You know how? how oh, is there a picture? Based based on the book, I don't think you have to really worry about photorealism. Okay. Based on the illustration, all you have to do is draw the crude shape of a. It, it it looks like it's just like telling you this is the tree that women pee at. I was about to say it looks like a bear tried to make a bathroom door in the woods. <laughs> like this is where the lady pees. You're full of voices today. I got a lot. Look, I got a lot of voices in the chamber. This is <laughs> increasingly this podcast is just me showing off a series of weird voices. Avalon, I am Legion. Anyway, that's what Bill's grandfather thought about the witches, didn't he? <laughs> extra, extra, Bill's witched. Anyway, well, it's pure craziness, Bill thought. Of course, his grandpa didn't have much schooling, but Bill had been to college. He knew better. Then Bill's dog Joe, a perfectly healthy dog, dropped dead. More collateral damage. They killed the dog. This story's going dark. Mm. Oh, no. Grandpa knows, too, and he's going to die. It's coming. I assume, I this is the past. I assume Grandpa's been dead since he was, like, 40 years old. <laughs> he's wearing Bill's bandana. You're as cold as clay. So, dog dropped dead. It made Bill angry. Despite all the schooling, he thought, despite all his schooling, 
he thought, maybe it is Addie Fitch after all. So he got a red crayon from his son's room and a hammer and a nail, and he went out into the woods. He found a black walnut tree and drew a picture of Addie Fitch on it. Was it a blood red crayon? That's... See, this is the 50s. It was probably cadmium-based, so whatever color red it was, it was toxic, for sure. All right. That's something, so he's going to kill the tree, too. Well, so was the pain at home. (laughs) Bill got his son to stop licking the lead paint on the wall long enough to find him a red crayon and (laughs) took it out to the woods. He found a black walnut tree, and he drew a picture of Addie Fitch on it. Made an X where her heart was, like his grandpa had said to do, and then with a hammer... Drove the nail a little way in. Then he went home. I feel like a fool, he told his wife. Wait, don't be... This is the sort of thing you do without mentioning to other people. You you, you keep this under wraps. Well, I feel like a fool, he told his wife. You should. (laughs) See? She said. (laughs) The next day... His wife leaves him. He blames Addie, but that's not really what caused it. This is like the the most recent in a series of occurrences. You're like the guy down at the grocery store is a witch. <laughs> guy at the gas station's a witch. That's why my car broke down. <laughs> he just he accuses everyone in his life of being a witch. Um. <clears throat> so and that was the story of Pat Falwell. They're all witches. So his wife thinks he's an idiot, but the next day, a young boy named Timmy Logan came by. Addie Fitch isn't feeling well, he said. She wonders if she could borrow some sugar from you. Because that'll make her feel better. She doesn't have enough of the diabetes. Who, who's the kid? Why, why is he doing the witch's bidding? What she got on him? I mean, okay, from from a logistical point of view, if I live near a witch... And she's like, go get me some sugar. I'd be like, yes, okay, sure. Otherwise, you're going to turn me into some sugar. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how witchcraft works. Give the witch what she wants and she'll leave you alone. I don't know. I don't feel like she's playing by the right set of rules. We've already established collateral damage. I mean, the kid might be her familiar. We don't don't know if uh, Timmy Logan is also like a man witch. (laughs) A witch boy. <laughs> Man witch? <laughs> She's a loose beef sandwich. <laughs> Did you just say a loose beef sandwich? Yeah, like a manwich. <laughs> Are you not familiar with the 70s sandwich product, manwich? No, I know what a manwich is. I can just think of no term less appetizing <laughs> than loose beef. <laughs> also, sometimes referred to as loose meat. I think uh, Roseanne Barr even tried to incorporate it into the Roseanne show. Uh, there's no person more appropriate to describe loose meat than Roseanne Barr. <laughs> And Dan, my meat's loose. No, for real, I think she even tried to open a real restaurant of it at the same time that she was featuring it on the TV show. It was fucking bonkers. Come get some of Roseanne's loose beef. <laughs> Dan! <laughs> so, Timmy Logan is made out of loose beef. Uh, he's like a kind of a meat golem that Addie Fitch witchcrafted together out of cold cuts. Well, I'm I'm glad we've established his motivation. (laughs) So 
So this tiny boy shows up. He's covered in flies and smells like mustard. That's how you get meat wad. (laughs) Meat wad is more appetizing than a loose beef. (laughs) Um, So Bill Nelson stared at Timmy in amazement. He took a deep breath and said, Tell her I'm sorry, but I don't have any sugar right now. Timmy Logan left. Bill went back to that walnut tree and drove the nail in another inch. Next day, oh, that's the, deep. That's it's a big nail. That's really oh, like man, he's just hammering it home. Picture, it's like, just a railroad spike. <laughs> <laughs> tap tap tap. He's out there, Joe Henrying away. <laughs> <laughs> what Addie Fitch didn't know was that Bill had been working on the railroad <laughs> all the live long day. <laughs> takes like a pulp fiction like hobo with a shotgun turn where he's like he just goes over and starts nailing witches to walls <laughs> so he goes back to the tree he drives the nail in another inch the next day the boy came back well Addie Fitch is she's pretty sick she's wondering if you got any sugar yet Ooh, tell her I'm sorry <laughs> like, um, so Bill Nelson said, I still don't have any sugar. Can you imagine? Like, just do a grocery run, please. Yeah, like, go to this. It's got to be a weird little dance you do, like, eh, and you don't want to admit that you're actively being a dick to them, but you totally are. You're just not cleaning up after your dog. Mm, can you turn the music down? I just, eh, I don't know. I can't. Uh, yeah, sure. You shut the door mm, and go turn it up just another yeah. click. Yeah. Sure thing, Addy. Yeah, I know you parked in front of my house and blocked my driveway last week. <laughs> this is this is the like early 20th century equivalent of leaving a passive aggressive note on somebody's car is just driving a nail into a walnut tree with their face on it. I know their pain. Yeah. <laughs> so Bill's like, eh, "Tell her I'm sorry. I don't eh, don't have any sugar. Sorry." Uh, uh went back out into the woods and drove <laughs> drove the nail in another inch. Longest nail in the world. The the following day, the boy was back. Oh. Hey, Trent Reznor, we really, really need some sugar. Come on. I gotta go back. She's gonna fry me up. Just help a kid out. Look, I know that your head's like a hole, but, uh, oh boy. Um, yeah, that's bad. That's gross. Yeah. Uh, it happens. Yeah. We do it. Yeah. Hmm. Comes back, says, uh, Addie Fitch is getting sicker and she, she really needs some sugar. <laughs> What, what exactly? Why sugar? Shouldn't it be like, I, I don't know, medicine? Lemon, med, medicine? Yeah, something that could be used as a as an ingredient for a brew. Isn't, do you think the sugar, it's like an extended metaphor and Bill was actually the crack dealer? <laughs> like, he was the daddy. Yeah, it's, it's a, this is a, the story is an extended metaphor for, you know, cutting off an addict. Oh, Oh, so this was this was their their kind of subtle way of letting people know that Bill was the opium dealer in town. Yeah, Bill had been hooking Addie up, but then Addie stopped paying her bills. To Bill, stop paying bills for bills. Uh, <laughs> Bill squared. Bill squared, and uh, and so she cuts him off, and now she's getting all shaky. Yeah. Oh boy. Um. Uh, and so Bill said, uh, oh, "Sorry, tell her, tell her I don't have any." Uh, no sugar from daddy. Sorry. Bill's wife was angry. You've got to stop this. If this mumbo-jumbo works, it's murder. Whoa! And Bill said, 
I'll stop when she does. <laughs> but wait, no one's died recently. Hasn't the cursing kind of stopped at this point? What, what, what? It, we haven't heard any. Grandpa's fine. Yep. Uh, the wife's on the mend. She seems to be fine. She's feisty enough to tell him, tell her husband not to murder some lady. I don't know. Maybe that's part of the curse. Kill my wife. <laughs> Kill my wife and I'll take the nail out of the tree. Yeah. So, yeah, at this point, we don't have any evidence that the witching has continued. But he's really kind of going for a salted earth kind of a just wants that witch dead, I guess. Um, he's like, I'll stop when she does. Towards <laughs> That's right, Timmy. Tell her I want a cup of sugar. You tell that witch to give me some sugar. What year does this take place? Eh, I don't know. He has a car. Okay. I'm, I always assume it's like uh, like 42 or something. Some Stephen King year. Yeah, I'm picturing, uh, I don't know. Let's call it the mid-30s. Okay, I'm down. Yeah. Yeah, a cup of sugar probably cost a lot back then. Maybe that's it. He's like, I'm not going to waste my sugar on you. It's the that's depression. It's a, a big ask. Addie Fitch wants to know if you have any gold bullion lying around. Toward dusk, he stood in his yard staring at the ridge where the old lady lived, wondering what was going on up there. So now he's obsessing and watching her. Mm -hmm. so he's stalking. It's an early 20th century rear window. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the real monster here in the story might not be the witch. Then, in the half-darkness, he saw Addie Fitch coming slowly down the hill toward him. With her pinched, bony face and her old black coat, she did look like a witch. She got closer. Bill could see that she could barely walk. Maybe I am hurting her, he thought. Oh, no. Randy. Oh, Bill. Oh, he's going to make him. Does he have sugar on him? He ran to get his hammer to pull the nail out. But before he could leave, Addie Fitch was in his yard, her face twisted in rage. Ooh. First you kill my cat, and then you wouldn't give me a bit of sugar when I needed it. She swore at him and then fell dead at his feet. Yeah! <laughs> Take that, Fitch witch. Whoa, there's a picture of her. <laughs> oh, no. It's rough. Oh, she looks like a walking Dorito. <laughs> she, is, she is quite triangular. Just a moaning chip. <laughs> Take me to Flavortown. <laughs> Extreme witch. <laughs> You don't want any of that ranch. <laughs> You're dusty. I'm not surprised she dropped dead that way, the doctor said. She was old, maybe 90. It was her heart, of course. Now, uh, some people thought she was a witch, Bill said. Yeah, I heard that, said the doctor. In fact, I mentioned it at the beginning of the story. Somebody, uh, somebody I know thought Addie Fitch had, uh, witched him. Bill went on. So he, uh, he drew a picture of her on a tree, and then he drove a nail in to make her stop. Holy shit. Remember what I said about keeping this stuff covered up? Well, that's an old superstition, the doctor said. People like us don't believe in that sort of thing, do we? Fade to black. Oh, I like that one. It's a good one, right? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> no one got away clean, though. No. Uh. It's... It's fun, too, because uh, we don't necessarily know if she was actively doing anything to him. And we don't know if he was actively doing anything to her other than killing her cat. 
Yeah, we know that we know that he killed his cat. I when I read it as a kid, I assumed that she was a witch and that his anti magic or his, you know, witch killing spell worked. Mm-hmm. But uh reading it now, yeah, maybe maybe she wasn't really doing anything to him, but also his witch killing magic worked. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think they're gonna talk about it when they meet up in hell later. Killed my cat. I killed you too. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 fun too. Dude has to live with like killed an old woman yeah also because that being the case even if she was witching him he could have stopped at any time and it seems like she sending the kid as an envoy feels like a bit of a truce where it's like okay yeah but that also might be like the wolf in sheep's clothing kind of thing could be like little little trojan kid full of loose beef none of those words were good together yes Even separate, they're not the best. The Trojan Uh, boy filled with loose beef. And we still haven't even got into the epilogue of the story when the wife leaves him for murder because she already was blaming him for killing her. Yeah, that's... And and her arm was broken, and somehow she, she, she had in herself to forgive to the witch. His wife is complaining, and Bill's just looking at her, reaching for the nail drawer. (laughs) Want me to go out to the woods again? Get that crayon, draw a picture of you. Wait, where are the crayons? I don't know, sweetie. Ah, my heart! (laughs) (laughs) The epilogue is just Bill going out to a forest that's full of walnut trees with pictures on them. (laughs) Now I am the king of town. (laughs) Sequel, set up. Very nice. That was great. Great story. I'm going to give that one four out of five cases of geronticide. Well, I'm, I'm just going to go on the nose. Uh, four out of five black walnut nails. There you go. Take out a neighborhood. Or at least a family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You get a pack of nails back then. You... <laughs> he's, I, I, I didn't have to keep up with the Smiths. <laughs> he's going back out to the woods. He's like, well, I bought 20 nails. I mean, I guess I'd better kill 19 more people. <laughs> I think about three quarters of this crayon <laughs> left. What happens if you just leave the nail in a little bit? They just walk around like they have a cramp. Ow. My leg hurts. <laughs> a little bit. No, I mean, it's fine, but, you know. That's why witches have canes. Oh, uh, yeah. They're, <laughs> they're just in the first stage of, <laughs> of walnut-induced death. You've got stage one walnuts. <laughs> So do I get to read a story? I want to read a story yes, now. Yes, you, you, you get to read a story now. Um, so I think I'm going to I'm going to reiterate the the choices here. Uh, we have the cat's paw, Sam's new pet, the white satin evening gown, high beams, the babysitter. So you're choosing this one. Right? I am. I am yeah. choosing this one. Um, and you, you know what these stories are. I look. I know what the stories are, but there's still a lot of. It, it's hard to choose because I know what they are. They're all really good. <laughs> That's the. Well, which one scared you the most? Let's get spooky. This is a spooktacular. That, okay, this is the spooktacular. That's a good question. Um, let me. That last peek. one was spooky. That was good. Uh-huh. I got under the skin. Let me. Uh, let me pee and think about it. I'm going to need you all to roll plus charm to do the ad. 
That's a five. I got a ten. Eight. All right, Travis. Buddy can manage to get out the name of the show, but not much else. Monster Pod. Sadie, Jimmy's going to be able to get out the premise, but you didn't roll high enough for any spoilers. Monster Pod is a real play Monster of the Week podcast where four government-employed idiots try to save the world. Sarah, Thomason rolled high enough to finish the ad. Releases every other Friday here on So Below Media. All right. Well, I think uh, this one spooked me as a kid, but it is also kind of a, a, a classic spooky tale. I think we're going to do high beams. High beams. High beams. Uh, I'm such a teenager sometimes. I only pictured nipples when I do that. <laughs> oh, the boobs are following ah! me. <laughs> you see the light, and then you look in the rear view mirror, and just, <laughs> just tits. <laughs> I'm being followed by an 80s film. Uh, yeah, let's do, uh, let's do high beams. This one, All right. this one freaked me out as a kid. So I'm guessing this isn't in the 30s. This one feels more, uh, I don't know, 50s, 60. Yeah, that's definitely a 60s haircut this woman has in this very foggy-looking painting at the top. She's got a 60s hairstyle and a terrified face style. (laughs) Indeed. Uh. High beams. The girl driving the old blue sedan was a senior at high school. She lived on a farm about eight miles away and used the car to drive back and forth. She used the car to get from place to place? Point A to point B. Sometimes point B back to point A. That seems ridiculous. Well, to each their own. She had driven into town that night to see a basketball game. Now she was on her way home. As she pulled away from the school, she noticed a red pickup truck follow her out of the parking lot. Hmm. A few minutes later, the truck was still behind her. Hmm. One lane road. Yeah, it's there's it's a town with. I mean, you you kind of mockingly said like point A to point B, but in this town there are, are probably it's probably just point A and point B. <laughs> and point A is the farm. Point B is town. Yeah, that's kind of all we got. I guess we're going in the same direction. She thought, as they both continued to go in the same direction. That's a comforting idea. I guess it just. Just also going to my house. <laughs> Maybe they need to borrow a cup of sugar. Should probably kill some more witches. <laughs> she, be- she began to watch the truck in her mirror. When she changed her speed, the driver of the truck changed his speed. When she passed a car, so did he. Oh, She's gendering that truck. Uh, it's a pickup truck in the 50s. Even a pickup truck today most of the time. Fair bet. Did it have an American flag flying behind it? (laughs) She could barely see the light from the headlights reflected on the truck nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Then he turned on his high beams, flooding her car with light. He left them on for almost a minute. He probably wants to pass me, she thought, but she was becoming uneasy. Usually she drove home over a back road. Not too many people went that way. But when she turned onto that road, so did the truck. Uh, I've got to get away from him, she thought, and she began to drive faster. Then he turned his high beams on again. After a minute, he turned them off. Then he turned them on again and off again. She drove even faster, but the truck driver stayed right behind her. 
Then he turned his high beams on again. Once more, her car was ablaze with light. What is he doing, she wondered. What does he want? Then he turned them off again. This is horrifying. But a minute later, he had them on again, and he left them on. This is tense. Like, right, you, like, imagine you're, I mean, imagine you're whoever you are now, but then imagine that you're like a, what, 17-year-old or 18-year-old girl in the 50s in the middle of nowhere on a dark road, and there's just a dude in a truck. Well, now you're on the back road that you turned off on. Yeah, the nobody road. And he's back there just hitting you with the high beams. Barreling down on you. Signaling. <sighs> dot, dot, dot. Dash, dot, dash. <laughs> he's just Morse coding. <laughs> Save our sugar. Oh, what? <laughs> At last, she pulled into her driveway, and the truck pulled in right behind her. Mm-hmm. She jumped from the car, ran to the house. Call the police, she screamed at her father. Out in the driveway, she could see the driver of the truck. Well, he had a gun in his hand. When the police arrived, they started to arrest him. But he pointed to the girl's car. You don't want me, he said. You want him. Uh. Crouched behind the driver's seat, there was a man with a knife. Uh. As the driver of the truck explained it, the man slipped into the girl's car just before she left the school. He saw it happen, but there was no way he could stop it. He thought about getting the police, but he was afraid to leave her, so he followed her car. Each time the man in the back seat reached up to overpower her, the driver of the truck turned on his high beams. Then the man dropped down, afraid that someone might see him. Oh, God. The end. Yikes. Yeah, and, and that's when the Zodiac Killer stopped killing. It turns out they got him. Yeah. yeah. Never knew. Yeah. That was fantastic, too. Right? Good one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, had you ever heard that before? No, I haven't. Oh, cool. Yeah, that one, that one was entirely new to me. I did not know what was going on. <laughs> I had no clue. That was not where I thought it was going. And that's really essentially a variation of the hook on the door, if you really get down to it. It's it's pretty similar. Uh, so, yeah, I, I assume that that one was... Uh, I had assumed that you would know that one because that one, I guess I've just known it forever. So I assumed like, oh, that's got to be in the public. Uh, it's knowledge. probably out there somewhere. But no, that got by me. That was good. Yeah. Just somewhere. Steven Spielberg heard this story led to duel. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's kind of it. That's in other versions I've heard. They get home. And as the woman is pulling into her driveway, she starts like honking her horn. And so when she pulls to a stop and jumps out, her dad is already running out with a shotgun. And um, the guy's like, no, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. It's that guy. And then the dude pops up immediately. And and dad shoots him. I mean, I assume he holds him at bay or you'd probably shoot him. Yeah, you know, when you got to police yourself on the farms, we already know they like to exhume bodies for fun. You got to have a body to exhume a body. It's called farm justice. <laughs> we pronounce you guilty. Judged by, by a jury of your peers, the cows and the chickens. <laughs> Old yeller. Just, Things didn't go well for him. Just a jury box where they're just pecking. Um, yeah, that one... Uh, I love it. It spooked me out a lot as a kid. Uh, cars are very scary. We kind of we touched on this last week with Cat, where we did we actually talked about the hook, and uh, there's just something 
something very affecting about that moment where you know you feel so safe in your car until you don't and you realize that you're not actually that protected yeah you're kind of like a, a ship at sea when you really come down to it you know you, you, you're at the whim of the uh, territory you're driving through what is the ocean but a man with a hook <laughs> Uh, yeah, that one that I like that one a lot. I'm I'm I have nothing negative to say about it. Uh, giving that one four out of five trips to the mechanic to get your headlights repaired. <laughs> I am going to. Shouldn't uh, I get to go first? Yes. All right. Yes, you should. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'm I'm giving this one five miles over the speed limit. I loved it. Yeah. Five out of five. Um, I'm going to give it can't drive 55 miles. Let's take that one again. I'm giving that one five out of five truck gun racks. Wow. Five rifles? Yep. I'm giving. Yeah. I'm That's giving, a lot of bullets. <laughs> that is a lot of farm justice. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving this one five out of five good Samaritans. I don't know. There's not there's not a lot of story elements to make fun of. Five out of five basketball games. Five out of five dark roads. Yeah, there really isn't a lot in here. We got high beams. I'm, I'm giving this one five out of five very spacious backseats. A five foot wide backseat. <laughs> Take this truck to Lover's Lane. You know, it was, yeah, old, old car. There's a lot of bucket seats back there. You could just lie down on the floor in front of the seat. Stretch out, polish your knife. She was driving the station wagon home. <laughs> he's just—he's—he's he's in the way back, and he's just banging back and forth against the sides every time she turns. It sounds like all of the groceries back there yelling "ow" every time I turn. All right, so we, but we still got one more, right? Aren't, are, are we gonna? I feel like that—that that one was a shorty, so I feel like we should—we should get one more in there, right? Yeah, I think there's some, there's some more booze and spookums out there that we need to 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 wrangle in closer to the fire, warm some them up. Creepy crawdads, some more. <laughs> oh, we're still down in Florida. Spooky, spooky shrimps. Uh, I'm very hungry. Also, <laughs> maybe. Uh, the, yeah. Okay, we should do another one that's that really spooked me as a kid, right? Yeah. Revisit the pain. I, I am physically unable to choose because I love them all so much. Um, somebody fell from a loft. That's A-L-O-F-T, not two words. So oh. Somebody fell from a loft. Oh. Um, like you up there fixing the furnace? The wolf girl. And then Sam's new pet. Sam's new pet. All right, okay. Whew. Takes the choice away from me. Well, no picture to begin with. Yeah, don't turn the page yet. It's a fucking doozy. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. <laughs> Sam's new pet. Sam stayed with his grandmother when his parents went to Mexico for their vacation. We're going to bring you back something nice, his mother told him. It'll be a surprise. Before they came home, Sam's parents looked for something Sam would like. All they could find was a beautiful sombrero. That's not okay. <laughs> Also, like, I really like the idea of a beautiful sombrero. Well, it was embroidered with gold. It was encrusted in jewels. But it cost too much. Because of the jewels. Yeah. And the gold. But that afternoon, while they were eating their lunch in a park, they decided to buy the sombrero after all. Sam's father threw 
what was left of their sandwiches to some stray dogs. Okay, so there, I, I'd like to just take a moment to examine a world in which American tourists in, you know, the 60s or whatever are in Mexico and they're eating sandwiches. Mexican sandwiches. Okay. Tacos. <laughs> Sam's father <laughs> threw what was left of their tacos to some stray dogs and they walked back to the marketplace. I love the idea that they're eating burritos, but they're like, well, we'll have some of these lovely Mexican sandwiches. <laughs> All right. So they, they throw their sandwiches at a bird or whatever. And <laughs> oh, no. They were stray dogs. Oh. One of the animals followed them. It was a small gray creature with short hair, short legs, and a long tail. Aww. Wherever they went, it went. Its fleece was white as snow. <laughs> Isn't he cute, Sam's mother said. Aww. He must be one of those Mexican hairless dogs. Oh, puppy. Sam would love him. I, I'm just like befuddled by th- th- these foolish, naive parents. This looks like a good dog to take from the street dirt. Well, that's right, Lois. This first time abroad really has been amazing and insightful. Let's go eat some more sandwiches and then give them to dogs. Just like feeding the ducks back at the park. I'm sorry, not to harp on this. In what world is a sombrero the only souvenir you can find? That's true, because I'm assuming they're in like... 1950s Mexico. Yeah, and not even Mexico. Probably like, what, fucking Tijuana or some shit. So so you know what I brought back when I went down there? The donkey show? What I brought back to my mother when I went down to Cancun? Picture of a donkey show. <laughs> well, skull pipe. Smoke hey. the marijuana's in. See? There you go. Yeah, and the guy who sold it to me offered to sell me weed, but I was too scared to buy it. I don't trust you, sir. This feels <laughs> like a sting. Uh. Hey, give me that fucking pipe. I got my own shit. He's probably somebody's pet, Sam's father said. <laughs> they asked several people if they knew who its owners were, but no one did. This is Mexico in the 50s. It's a stray dog. They just smiled and shrugged their shoulders. I don't speak English. I'm sorry. Those aren't called sandwiches. Whose dog is that? The dog. Whose dog is it? I'm gesticulating wildly. Are you ordering another sandwich? We don't Who, have those. Who's the do- Whose dog is it? Fajitas? Sandwiches. Wonder bread. We, we have bimbo here. I don't want to watch Bambi. Sandwich. I'm sorry. I'm sure. I'm. I'm just imagining that these parents are the worst people in the world. Finally, Sam's mother said, "Sandwiches." They just smiled and shrugged their shoulders. Do you have Christmas in Mexico? Christmas. They all sorry. walked away. Finally, Sam's mother said, "Maybe he's just a stray. Let's take him home with us. We can give him a good home, and Sam will love him." Now, it's against the law to take a pet across the border. But Sam's parents hid the animal in a box, and no one saw it. We get back to the question earlier of how do you mail a cat? (laughs) Well, you you sneak him across the border in a box. (laughs) Sam's parents hid the animal in a box, and no one saw it. When they got home, they showed it to Sam. He's a pretty small dog, said Sam. Well, he's a Mexican dog, his father said. I'm not sure what kind. I think it's called a Mexican hairless. I love that even Sam is like, hmm, this is weird, though. What, what's wrong with you? They, they let you bring him back across the border, Dad? This doesn't seem right. Is that I, okay? I just wanted, I asked for a sombrero. Well, son, we couldn't afford a sombrero. Maybe you should stop buying expensive sandwiches. 
You know, I found out they call those tacos. Sandwich. So I'm preparing to turn the page. I'm just hoping there's going to be a great, great uh, artistic rendering of a Mexican hairless. Sam's new pet. Yeah. He's a Mexican dog, his father said. I'm not sure what kind. I think it's called a Mexican hairless. We'll <laughs> find out that he's nice, isn't he? Oh, my ah. God. Ah. This animal looks like it's a head that puked the rest of its own body out. It's an animal that, if granted the power of speech, would immediately say, Kill me. It's sentient haggis. Let me die. They gave the new... Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, you have a website. You should post the picture on the website. I will post this on Instagram. Good um, God. With the caption, every moment I live is agony. How old were you when you read this? This would haunt me to this day. I mean, there's a reason I chose this one. I yeah. must have been like six... Six, seven. I don't know if you'd call this hairless. It's, it's got patches. It's, it, it's uh, one of those Mexican mange hounds. <laughs> yeah, the, the knotted mastiff. The knotted mastuft. <laughs> but he's nice, isn't he? They gave the new pet some dog food. Then they washed it and brushed it and combed its fur. Again, they just called it a hairless. Well, it's the patchiness. You, there's some rough oh. skin-type areas. That night, it slept on Sam's bed. Ugh. When Sam awakened the next morning, his pet was still there. Mother, he called. The dog has a cold. The animal's eyes were running. And there was something white around its mouth. Oh. Later that morning, Sam's mother took it to a veterinarian. Where did you get him? The vet asked. Oh, we stole him from Mexico when we were eating sandwiches in the dirt. It was either this or a hat. And you know how expensive those hats are. Sandwiches. Well, you know, I think they, they, sweetie, I think they call those tacos now. Sandwiches. Just saying it to the vet. Where did you get, where did you get him? The vet asked. Sandwiches. In Mexico, she said. We think he's a Mexican hairless. I was going to ask you about that. He's not a hairless, the vet said. He's not even a dog. Uh, He's a sewer rat and he has rabies. Yeah, that's right. You brought back a a rabid sewer rat. Put that on a sandwich and eat it, Edith. <laughs> oh, shit, that's the end. Ah, scary picture. <laughs> Big I, reveal. I love that one. Um, <laughs> reading it now as an adult, it's fun that along the... Just I'm picturing the parents just, like, holding the giant nasty sewer rat out to, like, a group of, like, Mexican sandwich sellers. And be like, whose dog is this? And they're like, uh. Why does he keep biting me? Mm-hmm. He's avoiding water. Oh, you should go home. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> and the vet's just like, hey, he's a sewer rat and he has rabies. Now bring your entire family in. We've got a series of 24 painful shots you'll have to go over. Pretty sure you have to take Timmy out and shoot him. Thoughts? 
I, <sighs> you know, this is when the term thinning the herd just comes to mind. Uh, it, these two people had a child. He's clearly being raised by fools. What, what hope does he have? A- and we don't even know if he makes it. Yeah, no, that kid definitely, I, I had to assume that the kid died of rabies. Because this is also probably pre-rabies vaccine. Yeah, that family's dead. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, we don't know. It could be a happy ending. Uh, yeah, that one, uh, that's one of those, uh, it's one of those weird ones. Yeah, I like it. I, I, I think we kind of suspected something was up with that, uh, with, with, with that Mexican hairless. Even these parents... Because even Timmy, or if he, he knew, uh, th- this doesn't <laughs> seem right, guys. <laughs> He's like, where'd you, where'd you get him? Uh huh. And then you thought you'd bring him back. Be- oh, okay. All right. In a box. Okay. You. In the trunk. Okay. Hmm. When I was a kid, I assumed that they flew, and I'm like, how would they get it on the plane? Suitcase. I guess. It hasn't occurred to me until now how easy it must have been to smuggle a small animal in the past. Yeah. Did you ever see that movie? Because it always goes back to movies. Um, it, it, oh, shit. What was the name of it? It starred uh, Marlon Brando and Matthew Broderick. Uh, it was like maybe the sophomore or something like that. The freshman. And uh, Marlon what if, Brando. What if I was like, no, not the sophomore. Oh, the freshman. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Marlon Brando is a like a mob character that imports animals that are on the endangered species list to cook and feed to rich people. And Matthew Broderick stumbles upon this scheme and starts working for him in some manner. So this is and this it, is a story about like the dude that I want to be. <laughs> It's super playful. It's a lot of fun. It's a comedy, uh, as you would expect from eating endangered animals. Have I told you that for the longest time I had uh, I had a notification set up with a company in Chicago that butchers zoo animals when they die? <gasps> you I, monster. I kept I was just waiting for lions. Uh, see, see that it's all about the Komodo dragon in this one. That seems like dirty meat. Yeah, doesn't it? That uh, seems I don't know if you could even clean it enough. They mm. got that bacteria mouth. Yeah, even because like with lions, like they're they're probably fine in a zoo. You know, they're they're not eating too much. Anyway, point being, there was a. I think they're gone now, but they they used to. Yeah, they butchered. They bought corpses from zoos and then butchered them and sold them to rich weirdos. So what did you get? Did you ever purchase anything? I ended up not doing anything. It was just like the idea of like overnight shipping meat from the Midwest seems creepy. Yeah, I never really got on board with any of that. Uh, Back in the 2000s, I worked in an office where a couple of the brokers there were signed up to different, like, meat clubs. (laughs) And they would get these... uh, This month's loose beef! (laughs) It would show up in a styrofoam package, and there would be dry ice in it to keep it all frozen. Sure. I just wanted the dry ice. Yeah. I was like, can I take that home and play with that? And they'd never give it to me. No, those bastards. Fuckers. So the idea of getting meat in the mail and then also it's male meat. It's like, and it's a zoo animal that died at some point, And I'm assuming it probably wouldn't be the freshest. Have you seen how unhappy zoo animals are? Yeah. So it's, it's an old, it's a lion that has died of old age or a broken heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And uh, yeah, I just assumed that there were too ma- there were too many gaps in the supply chain <laughs> to really make it appealing. Yeah, I mean, there's no revenge there because you know it's not a man eater. <laughs> <laughs> I only eat animals that have killed man. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, part of the fun of eating a rare and and powerful animal would be to you know usurp its power and and, and <laughs> take on its animalistic aspects. Now, by proxy, I am the man eater. Yeah. Cue Hall and Oates. You better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna give that one four out of five painful injections to the stomach <laughs> well i mean it is kind of a middle end for me i'm gonna give it a three out of five spit bubbles <laughs> white and crusty around the mouth they mentioned it went out of the way to mention it sam we buy you this small frothy dog <laughs> We've been He's feeding it sandwiches and Alka-Seltzer. Yeah. Well, if there's anything we take from this story, it's that Mexico has the best sandwiches. Adopt, don't shop. <laughs> and they're very polite. Yeah, ah, that... I'm just going to smile. Sure, take the rat. <laughs> yeah, everyone in, the, everyone in the town square is like, no, it must just be a stray dog. <laughs> they're taking it. <laughs> they're taking it home to their kid. It's a sewer rat. Fucking gringos. It seems like... At some point, you could be forgiven for, like, if you saw a sewer rat in a vacuum and thought, like, oh, that could be, like, some kind of weird dog. But there is a pack of stray dogs that are mentioned. So I'm assuming it's a bunch of dogs and then the one rat that is their king or whatever. Infecting all the dogs. Yeah. It's like vampires. They all work for it now. Or is it that the entire pack of stray dogs were just rats? That were following them around. It kind of, it, it, it tracks. They're just dribbling crumbs of their sandwiches. The rats are following along. Ah, I feel like uh, I feel like Sam's parents might have some sort of cognitive disorder. <laughs> like, oh boy! All right, well that was that was well, that was fun. That was spooky. Well, oh, I, it, you know, this picture doesn't look much like a sewer rat, rabbit or not. It also doesn't look much like a dog. It kind of looks like Danny DeVito on all fours. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely looks like rabid Danny DeVito. They brought Danny DeVito home to their son. Yeah, here, we brought you the penguin. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, you might try to bite off your nose later. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, those were some spooks. Yeah, Um, I enjoyed it greatly. Uh, well then, uh, yeah. In lieu of uh, in lieu of that third segment, you you had mentioned that we watched a a spooky movie recently called yeah. Dan Haggerty. Hagasuya Hagayusa Haggerty Bagger. I feel like we should probably say the name correctly. Hagayusa. That's what I'm going with. Yakuza. Hagatsuza. A heathen's curse. Yeah. Yeah. So we watched that recently. Yeah, and that had a uh, that 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 was a real witchy film. Yeah, it was a much like the the films we talked about earlier. It was a nice slow burn that led to horror. 
and and a witch burning at the end, really. <laughs> <laughs> but but in a in a fun, quirky, not quite the way that you'd expect kind of a way. Yeah, and and if you take anything from this, this is a fun movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is a a long trek through basically three generations that are just hated by their their local village. It's uh, and in a, a village that's really there's not a lot of common sense in the 15th century apparently because if there's one thing that we all know, it's that if there's a witch, you just leave her alone. Yeah, and these guys these guys don't know the uh, black walnut trick. Nope. And uh, like, if you leave her alone, if she asks you to go over to Bill Nelson's house and get some sugar, you do it. You want to stay on the good side of a witch. Yeah. So what? What was this? Eastern uh, Eastern Germany or it, Austrian, it, something it like that. Felt Austrian, just based on the dialect. Although who knows what yeah. they sounded like in the 15th century. But yeah, Alpine. Yeah. So I guess you you would say it really is just the journey through a cursing of a village. Yeah. What leads up to the village being cursed and watching the process and the sacrifice the witch goes through to enact the curse itself. Yeah. It's it felt very uh very naturalistic that way. Yeah. Felt kind of like what if Steinbeck made the witch? Yeah. There, there's a lot of the the witch in here. Maybe a little of it comes at night. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you. I I felt like the witch had more of an analogy to the story. This one really felt like you were just watching, to me at least, it felt like you were watching a downward spiral of a community. Yeah. If and and you, you knew it wasn't going well. If you watched The Witch and were like, I wish this was more of a bummer. Yeah, I felt like The Witch kind of ended on an up note. I think it was a happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. This movie does not have one of those. No. Nah, there yeah. are there are mushrooms. Yeah, some psychedelics late in the story. So would you recommend? I don't. Apparently that's where we are now. Would you recommend Hagatsuza? Uh, yeah, if you're gonna have a a slow evening at home on lots of edibles or something even more intense, and you really want uh, <laughs> that dark foreboding feeling that ends with an emptiness deep inside. Go for it. Yeah, if you want your trip to really skew into the unspeakable sadness area, sure. Uh, I'm also, yeah, I'm also going to get recommended. It's a, it's a nice atmospheric slow burn, uh, something to do while you're, you know, kind of trippy, sleepy at night. Really yeah. good soundtrack. Yeah, see, I, I felt like we didn't watch it in, like, I want to give it a try at night with, like, my headphones on to really envelop myself in, in the audio, because I think that's a big piece of the film. Yeah. Kind of like um, Barbarian uh, Sound Studio. That That's a ghost film that I think only really works if you have the sound, like, vibrating in the room you're in. Sure, yeah. Uh, similar to Suspiria. Yes. When we were watching yeah. that last night, the sound is so very much a part of that movie. Yeah. Well, any other, I don't know, and any other spooky horror movie recommendations before we head off? Uh, don't bother with it, too. Haven't seen it, but I just figure it's not worthwhile. And uh, let's circle back to the last episode and give um, Stories You Tell in the Dark or whatever the fuck it's called another a boost. Yeah. Because that was pretty damn good. Everyone out there, go check out Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. You could probably still find it playing at one of your fine... Uh, second run theaters? Yeah, second run theater. It might be out on... It seems like it should be out on, like, 
VOD or Oh yeah. Well, as long as we're giving uh, uh movies a boost, if you never got around to seeing the uh the Trick or Treat from about 10 years ago, yeah. that is probably the best Halloween anthology movie ever and everyone should be watching it. I I would agree with that. Uh I would also say do yourselves a favor and uh because weirdly there's no scary movies in theaters this Halloween. It's kind of funky. There isn't much out there. There's that new zombie land coming, and I have no interest. It doesn't seem like a scary movie is the thing. Um, yeah, the first one really just a comedy that happened to have zombies in it. Yeah, yeah, we wanted more of that. Um, yeah, it uh, it's a weirdly non-scary Halloween, potentially because the world itself is so kind of horrifying and awful. Don't have don't have room for spooks when... When the spooks, the deep state, are turning on our president. <laughs> is that what you're getting at? Uh, every time I open my news feed, I, I see the sunken face of the just desiccated ghoul that is Ru- Rudy Giuliani. I don't need any horror in my life. Oh, God. He, he really does have a whole Nosferatu face thing going now at this point. Yeah, every time I open my news feed, I just see fucking Count Orlock or whatever. <laughs> like, I'm like, wait, Nosferatu sold information to the Ukrainians? What's happening? Um, yeah, so the world is terrifying, but do yourselves a favor, and since there's nothing spooky happening in the theaters, go check out Shudder. There's a lot of really cool stuff on there, and uh, recently resurrected Creep Show as a series, and uh, the first two episodes are really fun. And they got Joe Bob Briggs doing shit, and yeah. he's the man. Yeah. He's coming to town next week. I'm oh. going to see him. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 Well, cool. Yeah, Shudder. That shit's badass. Yeah. Uh, so where can people find you? Oh yeah, that's right. I do things. Yeah. Um, you know, every, uh, first Sunday of the month, we host forgotten fantasies, a retro review show where we, uh, dive into forgotten memories of our, uh, guests and every at, and that's at Kelly's Olympian downtown Portland. And then, uh, every third Sunday we do VHS vengeance at the same venue, which is a movie riffin show. And you can find info on all that stuff at fftheshow.com. That's right. Fuck, fuck the show. Fuck, fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> fuck, fuck the show. <laughs> now that's all I'm ever going to hear when I say that. <laughs> that's yeah. what I've been hearing for the past month. Um, you came up with it. That is true. All right. Yeah. Well, I guess that's where you find me. Fuck, fuck. Hey. <laughs> Hey, fuck, fuck. What? Tell me about that show, fuck, fuck. It's well, now that I have to apologize to my neighbors, where can people find you? It feels like what like what a racist would call a panda. <laughs> <laughs> but like somebody who is being racist to a panda. Yeah, like, they're on that mailing list waiting for the panda to die. I'm going to eat that panda. <laughs> I miss some real Mexican sandwiches. <laughs> Mexican sandwiches also sounds like a racist term for something. Yeah, for tacos. Yeah, they got. Do you hear they got Tom? Gave him a Mexican sandwich. Yeah, it's when you you slit the throat and uh, <laughs> you fill it with ground beef, <laughs> loose beef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you slit. <laughs> 
I'm just picturing it's a throat just with with a perfect like taco top around it. <laughs> just, you know, like, it's full of loose beef and there's some cheese and like little tomato chunks in there. Just just like a like a Pez dispenser of tacos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you put the burrito? Oh, and you can find me. (laughs) Uh, I'll edit this in at some point. Uh, oh, that's right. Uh, and, uh, you can you can find me on Instagram as at that Avalon, and you can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at boohaha pod, where we post spooky pictures of my adorable dog, and also some illustrations of stuff that you've seen in the show. Uh, stay tuned for more of the Booha Halloween Campfire Spooktacustravaganza. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is As Above, So Below.